Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to a Sunday evening edition of the Managing Major Podcast. I'm your host, Keon Sabani, joined by my good friend, co-host, Matt Wiltsey. We are recording this after Real Madrid dropped two points at home to Rayo Vallecano. And we see you, fan base. We hear you. We know you're upset. We know you're angry. And we're just here to make you even more upset by being the optimists that we are. We're always here to put a positive spin on things. I don't know. I actually haven't talked to Matt before this podcast started. I don't know how it feels. I don't even think Matt was on Twitter today. I didn't see your tweets, Matt. No, no, no tweets. So this will be uh, this will be first thoughts for you and listeners. Uh, well, this is such Real Madrid. This is such a Real Madrid thing to do, to win away from home against Barca and then come over with a hangover and draw points. Actually, Ewan McTeer put a stat behind it on managingmajor.com and his three questions, three answers piece. And in the last seven Classicos, five of them, Real Madrid have dropped points the game after they have won. So let me rephrase it. The last seven Classico wins have been followed in five in five of those. They have been followed with Real Madrid dropping points in the next game. So it's not unlike Real Madrid to have a hangover after a big win. Having said that, um, as Ancelotti put it today in the post-game press conference, they did what they could. They attacked pretty much until the death. They limited any transition attacks from Rayo and just could not put the ball in the back of the net. Of course, it's not always that simple. We can kind of break down why that happened and what were the problems and what Real Madrid did well. But I'm curious to get your take on it, Matt. Um, how much of Ancelotti's post-game press conference did you agree with? Well, bef- ah, all right, yeah. So I think there were, there were portions of it that I really agreed with. Like, I think we did enough to win the game. And he said that out flat, flat, flat out. And I agree with that. Um, and you mentioned like, we're typically 
the optimist and we typically kind of spin this. Um, I will say that I come away with from this game a little bit more. I feel like we've seen because we try not to look at just the results. And I feel like we've seen in just forgetting the result from this game, but just even the 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 last few matches, maybe three or four matches, like seen patterns that are a little bit more um alarming and frustrating. And I think that that's where like yes, I think you played this game nine out of ten times and I think Real Madrid wins it. But I'm starting to see patterns and see trends that um are not encouraging. And I think um we're getting to a point where like it's yes, I I don't know if you and I didn't have a chance to read this piece yet, but like one thing that goes through my mind after we that stat about winning Clasicos and then dropping points the match after, like, I feel like there was really no excuse on this one because we had no midweek game, week rest, you're playing at home, and um, it's Rio Vallecano, a team, uh, with all due respect, that you usually beat up on, especially at the Santiago Bernabeu. So um, when you take in all those factors as well, it's, it's equally more frustrating, plus... Plus the fact that Barcelona got completely dominated by Real Sociedad yesterday and still managed to score in the 94th minute to win that game. So it just makes it all all the more worse. Well, the thing is, like like you said, we are very process-oriented in that we'll look at the result, but really we'll dissect what happened within the game and see what's sustainable and what isn't. So, for example, we spend so much time, even during that round of Champions League run, talking about, we deserve to win, but let's look at how we won these games. How much of it was sustainable? How much can we copy and paste the fact that Karim Benzema goes to a superstar level? Um, how much can we copy and paste the fact that Rodrigo comes in off the bench and two, scores two historic goals at the death? And all these things that you stack up, like how sustainable is it that the team isn't scoring, but Jude Bellingham pops up in the 95th minute? How sustainable is it that you're not playing well, but Jude Bellingham scores from 40 yards? And so we have to look at the process. We have to look at the results too. And even with Barca's win against Real Sociedad yesterday, we can all yell about it and say they were lucky and all that stuff, but we won't. I won't because... a lot of fans get angry at us for the same reasons. And we say, you guys, Real Madrid deserve to win. I don't care what you think, what you say. Um, you know, sometimes it just comes down to mentality. Can you stick it out? Can you keep yourself in the game until the end to score the, score the death? I really felt like the goal was eventually going to come. And I was kind of shocked this ended in a nil-nil scoreline. Uh, I don't think Rio was very good in this game. Rio at away from home at the Bernabeu usually are pretty poor and usually pretty easy to rip through. We limited them to virtually zero transition opportunities. They had no chances today, nothing. There was nothing that we could have done better from a defensive standpoint. Um, I think defensively we were, we were fine. I don't remember that if Keppa had anything to do apart from maybe catch a cross or something and or maybe have to make a pass out of the back, right? So on the defensive end, we were fine. Offensively, I would argue we were fine too. Um, our XG was two something, and we created enough chances. The problem is, as it's been all season, there's not enough goals outside of Jude Bellingham when he's not scoring. So that's where we are. So 
I guess the question is, how many times can we sit here and say we would have won that game nine times out of ten? If we're saying it ten times, well, maybe we we weren't going to win that game nine times out of ten. Maybe we just would have played that game nine more times and still not have scored, or maybe have conceded a set piece or a transition opportunity. Um, let's be honest, man. Like Jude Bellingham has masked a lot of the a lot of what's going on. And unless Vinny and Rodrigo just pop into goal-scoring form, we're kind of screwed. I'm going to let you talk because I could go on for a while and I'm rambling. Yeah, well, to your point, like, I think you're spot on. You say you can't have this many 9 out of 10 games. And um, I think this game was one of them. And we, we see this every year. Like, there's always every year where there's, maybe two or three games where it's just like the ball won't go into the back of the net for whatever reason, some other keeper just plays lights out. It's just one of those games. Um, But I think the one counterpoint to that is what the point you just made. You can't have too many of these. And we had one against union Berlin where Bellingham saved us in the 95th minute uh, and masked it. Um, This is another one where this has happened. And if that's already two within the opening third of the season, you have six or seven of these that cost that starts to cost you titles. Um, And so, yeah, that's where you start to get concerned. And I think, look, we had the wiggle room. We still, I mean, in in terms at least of our points gap to to Barcelona and Leti, the two you would think will be fighting at the end. um, The points gap is still there. So we, we had the wiggle room to make this type of mistake, but we can't, it can't be a reoccurring theme. And I think, um, I don't know. I feel like there's so many different directions we could go to start with this. Um, but I think the good starting point is that Fede Valverde chance in the sixth minute. Like that's, you look back at that and that would have settled that. I think that would have completely trans. It's a should have, could have, would have, but it would have completely transfer transformed the game. I think the floodgates would have probably opened after that. Um, and honestly speaking, I thought Fede had a great game, uh, one of the best on the field, but he 100% should be scoring that chance. Like, there's no excuses there. Fede needs to be taking that chance. Yeah, I didn't look up. I, I forgot to check understat. Uh, so I'm going to check now to see how high that ranked on the XG chart. But, like, yeah, it kind of pains me, too, because I thought Fede was fantastic other than that. Um defensively his ball winning in midfield was off the charts one of the reasons why we were so impeccable defensively was because of him um our right side was actually generally good and uh something that carlos said after the game he said at halftime we basically told the team to use the right side more and that's something that i had noted too like in the first half fede and carvajal had a ton of room on the on the far side to drive the ball forward and we had a lot of possession on the left side. And that switch was on. And Ryu were playing narrow and converging to that side. And we didn't see Fede and Carvajal as much as I thought we should have. But um, other than that, so that Fede chance, we had two big chances. Fede in the fifth minute, 0.41 on the XG chart. And then Vinicius has a big one in the 87th minute. That was the header 
Of course, that that's also just not his game, like to head the ball like that in traffic. If that one had a fall into Khozulu, maybe we're doing a little bit better. Um, I guess did the outside of the boot um, pass from Modric that Vinicius missed? Did that even show? Does that even show up? Because I don't think anyone got a shot off there. It doesn't show up because I don't think it, there was a shot. Yeah, that probably yeah. was even uh, even even that better. Probably would have been our highest opportunity. That was that was probably the best chance. Other than those two, I guess, but yeah. it didn't. It didn't even register as a shot, so that that doesn't even show up on the XG chart. So if you got a shot off there, it would have been even. I mean, that's kind of one of the flaws on XG is that it only shows up if a shot is um, executed. But what, like, what what could the team have done differently today apart from score? Um. Defensively, like we said, perfect. I think counterpressed really well. Kept Ryo just completely pinned. Um, I honestly, I look at Ancelotti, and I don't. I, I know we're kind of skipping here, but I think he this, made this podcast is already doesn't make sense chronologically. <laughs> yeah. So just do yeah. whatever you want. All right. So, well, I think he made mistakes with his substitutions, and no, I'm not saying necessarily with personnel, but. I don't disagree with what he said in terms of uh, in his post-match press conference saying that like the team was playing well and I didn't want to make a substitution. Um, That's fine. Then roll with it. I think what he did was he started making kind of, he rushed all the substitutions and like within a five minute period and just did it one, one at a time. And I don't, I one, I don't think, changing the system like i understand it with hindsight like with hindsight now it's easy for me to say uh that was a mistake like going to a 4-3-3 but i could see in multiple play build-up plays throughout the game and i i like jose loose i don't want like don't i don't want listeners to take this the wrong way but i just think he's um you could see in multiple kind of phases of build-up where it broke down at jose Lu. And I think if we just would have persisted with the same lineup and maybe put in um, Rodrigo, Brahim, even Arda Guler, push Bellingham up a bit, like, I don't know who's, I think a little bit more of like a connector and somebody who um, can play in those tight, intricate spaces and, and work with the team. I actually think, and then rolled with the remaining same 11, I think it would have... I think you would have eventually broken the dam. And I think Ancelotti knew the team was playing well. And then I think he started to, he rushed the decisions. He broke up the rhythm a little bit. And um, I just don't think the personnel he went with and the changes he made were the right ones. I think, look, like I almost have to, I think we we all know the situation with Khozulu. Uh I think we're all on the same page about him. None of this is his fault. He is a good striker to have off the bench situationally and or uh, to play as a starter for a lower side. He's a maridista. He works really hard. He's a little bit older. He's just not able to do anything really outside the box. Um, he is a target, and so he's limited. There's not a whole lot he can do. Um I'll just share my screen really quickly. This is actually a similar problem that Rodrigo has had this season um, in certain games. Anyway, this is Jose here completely disconnected from the rest of the play. 
So that's fine. I mean, it's not really his game to drop back and, and connect with all these dots here. Um, but I, but again, this is kind of like pick your poison, I guess, because Rodrigo um, is really good in transition, not as good as a target man. And then Jose Lu is a good target man, but can't really play outside the box. And, you know, given that this was at home versus Rayo, I can understand the reasoning of, of playing Jose Lu in this game as a starter. It's not a big deal. That I don't have a problem with that, actually. But it is what it is. And there is some limit to Jose Lu's game. It's, you mentioned Brahim. Are, are you a little bit surprised that after that last Palmas game, he just disappeared from the face of the planet? He just vanished, evaporated into thin air. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in every cameo he's had, every substitution cameo, even when it's like five minutes, he brings something. It's a spark. I I don't, it seems like from the outside looking in, it seems like Carlo Ancelotti just doesn't rate him for whatever reason, even though he has done well in the in the games he does play. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's a little bit, it's a strange one. And I think, you know, like after this game, everybody, it's always the same thing. Oh, this is what happens when you don't sign a number nine. Like, this is what should have, like, this is, you, like, the same old, same old story. What I would kind of pose to the fan base and to journalists and to the media and so on and so forth is, like, do you think just where, with the players we have today, do you think this, squad is good enough to win La Liga? My answer is yes. I think the squad is good enough to win La Liga. Yes, it is. But I think it's with less margin of error than if we had a nine. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Um, but so with that, then a lot of it, if we both agree, and I think most of the fan base would agree that there's enough talent here and a good enough squad to at least win La Liga, I'm not saying go on and win the Champions League, but at least win La Liga, then I think it's, a, I think, and I'm, I think in this particular match, I think Carlo Ancelotti, like, hey, it's up to you to make sure you get the substitutions right and you get the systems right and you, like, you trust, hey, if you thought it was going well and you think the team is going to break it down, then there's you don't have to make substitutions. It's like you can run out the full 90 or wait till the 80th minute or whatever it may be. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I think when we put it in that perspective, like, yes, this team is good enough to win La Liga. So let's stop talking about the the fact that we didn't sign Harry Kane or a number nine and like let's talk about what this team can do to 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 win La Liga and what needs to change. And I think the biggest thing right now, which we both agree on, is we need Rodrigo like the elephant in the room is Rodrigo and Vinicius. Like and Rodrigo probably more so than Vinicius, but they are they are well underperforming. And we're we're in November now. Like this is we need them to step up. It's it's not like, oh, it's been a couple of weeks, so it's been a month. No, like it's we're in November. It's it's time to step up. Yeah, we're in November. Um I think the Vinicius thing, we'll start with Vinicius. Yeah. Mind you, I actually thought he was much better today than he was against Barca. I'd like his his 
which dribbling. still isn't saying much. <laughs> well, just that his his dribbling was much more effective. He had he had s- several good cutbacks. Um, but I do think I, I've mentioned this so many times this season. I mentioned it after the Classico that blaming it on the system is a cop out. Look at him today. Everything he's getting the ball, he's he's on the left wing. Jude's playing in the left half space mostly with the ball. Vinny has the whole left wing to him. He has the target in, in Jose Lu. Um, sure, like, okay, he doesn't have peak Benzema playing alongside of him. Like, hey, man, like, there's like 0.01% of football population in football history had the luxury of playing with peak Benzema. So, like, we can't always rely on peak Benzema to be there. Uh, I don't think the system was the issue with him today. Um, I mean, like, I'm curious to know, though, like, apart from scoring, like, what did you not like about his performance? Because I thought, like, at least from a creative output, he was fine today. What did I not like? His, It's just his, his frustrations and his distractions it's it felt like it was not only affecting him today but it was kind of reverberating through the whole rest of the team like you saw Kamavinga you saw Bellingham you saw everybody start to get really frustrated and like obviously that's understandable that you're trying to break this team down but I just felt like today was one of those games where Vinicius just like I would love to see one game where he just says you know what I'm going to try this out I'm going to be completely emotionless I'm not going to say anything to the referee. I'm not going to engage with fans. I'm not going to engage with coaches or players on the opposition bench or any opponents on my team. I'm just going to be completely emotionless. And let's see how it goes. And I know for a lot of players, I know like the Michael Jordan and, and others that like being able to talk trash and like get engaged and like be, uh, and like just have that ruckus all around you. Like, motivates you and makes you do more but I don't know that it's effective for Vinicius every time I've seen him get all wrapped up in the referee and get all wrapped up in like other players and stuff like that it's not effective for him the games where he's at his best is like you don't you don't you not even thinking about that like it hasn't it's just not a factor in the game he's not talking to referees he's not he's not distracted and I think for me that's the biggest issue like too many times he's going down looking for the foul. Too many times he's getting in, into tussles and giving away cheap fouls. Um, like, I do agree. He had a couple moments where he beat two defenders, put a cut back in, and looked like we were going to score. And he even got a goal, but it was ultimately Jose Lewis offsides. Like, he had his moments, but, like, we just have such high expectations now for Vinicius, and that's a credit to him because he set the bar so high, and he is – uh, he is a top five player in the world. He is a, a Ballon d'Or potential player. And so if he, and today he was very, very, very far from that level. And I think he's just getting too wrapped up in all this stuff. It's, it's becoming a problem. I guess like, I don't know, like on, on today's performance, I'm kind of, I, I guess we're, we're talking more general points here. At least I am, because I thought today he was actually fine. I don't know. I understand he sh- maybe he should have took the the couple chances he had much better. I get that. Uh, unlucky that Josulu was offside in his goal. Completed ten dribbles tonight out of fifteen. Like from a creative standpoint, I thought he was actually good. 
Yeah, he, um, he wasn't terrible. I just, I guess I, like, what flashes back into my head is just, like, all the bickering and all the distractions. And it just feels like he can do so much more. He does a lot, but it feels like he can do so, we know he can do so much more. Yeah, that 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 is inarguable to me that I think he can generally, like, generally this season, I think he's been poor. I mean, some of that will be the fact that he came back from injury. He had, he needed to get some rhythm. Classical, he was he was actually terrible. He hasn't been good with Brazil when he goes on international duty. Um, we know what he's capable of. We've seen his ceiling as one of the best left wingers in the world. We expect that more from him game in, game out. Um, the the part of playing with emotion and not, I'm kind of in on some level. I'm kind of worried that this is who he is now because how many times has Carlo asked him to to stop? with certain things or reacting a certain way. And he just will, will continue to be who he is. So I don't know if that'll change soon. The one that kind of uh, caught my eye today was, and I don't know for sure what happened here. So I don't want to speak out of line. Maybe, you know, better, but there was a point where like him and Jude were bickering on the touchline. Um, I don't know if it was because Vinny didn't get in the ball. Did you see that? Like, I don't know if he no, was. I didn't see that. I don't know if he was talking to Jude or the ref, and that's why I don't want to like speak too much of it. But like, there are okay. Look, I just want to say this from a pure IQ standpoint and understanding where to be, what to do with the ball, where to move without the ball. I think Jude Bellingham is the smartest player we have in our attack, and I just feel like you can sense his frustration sometimes with other players not being on the same wavelength with him. Like he's yeah, in a certain yeah. position, he wants the ball, he doesn't get it, he's frustrated. Like you can see that with him. And so I just feel like over time, I just hope that that we haven't really seen the Jude Vinicius connection yet, right? Like that's something that we've been excited about in theory, but we haven't seen it yet. And I think part of it is also that Vinicius, um, he wants to take one or two players on. Sometimes he has to because he has no other options. He gets to the byline and it kind of sometimes breaks down. And then there are times where like that moment that I was speaking of, it was a situation where Vinny has the ball on the left wing with his back to goal and he's getting in transition and a simple layoff square ball to Jude would have unlocked a quick one-two combo. And he tries to go around his defender and down the sideline instead. I don't know. I just feel like they're not entirely on the same wavelength yet. Maybe that's okay because it's still early and Jude's still a new player and Vinicius is still coming back from injury, but I don't know. I guess I'm just speaking in a vacuum, Matt. I thought in this particular game, I thought he was okay. I don't know. Like, I think there were different frustrations. If that Kozulu thing wasn't offside, or if he connects with one of those chances and scores, I think we're having a completely different um, conversation about Vinny. And I just feel sometimes, whether a player performs well or not, sometimes the narrative is too dependent on did he score? Yes. Then he had a good game. Did he not? Then he didn't have a good game. I just thought today he was he was fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think to your point on Jude and his off ball IQ, I just want to go back to that real quick. Is I I think you see it in every single like if you look at every replay of like a big opportunity on um, a shot that Real Madrid had, and there were a couple with Jose Lu, which is again where I thought like Jose Lu was actually being at times. A dead, not a detriment, but like it, it, if he 
there were times where if he just let the ball roll a little bit more and let it go to Jude, he would have had a perfect shot at goal. Yeah. Um, and like, if you look at, there's so many moments where if you look at like, whether it be Jose Lu, somebody else like Modric, Valverde, whoever, like in the background, you can see Bellingham going like that. Like he's right there ready. He, he's made the late run. And like a lot of times they're seeking him out instead of whoever got the ball. Um, and uh, it's just crazy how many times he's, if you look at whatever shots we take, he's in the background, like, Oh, I could have had that. Um, and yeah. so, and that's where I think you see a lot of his frustration too. Cause like you said, he's just, it's almost like he's one step ahead of everybody else. And so it's frustrating for him when it, it doesn't come to fruition. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with your point someday. I think I think they're all really they're fair. I just think again, I just think there's so much more he could be bringing to the table and it's been zooming out not just on this game, but on the last few months since he's returned from injury. He really hasn't had that many great games. Um and just hasn't been the Vinicius of old. Then I I don't think it's the system. I think he's basically playing in the same left wing position as you mentioned, especially since now that Jude's playing more as like a left midfielder um, and Vinicius has basically no defensive responsibilities and has a link up partner in Jude. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's the system. That's, that's the issue. Can I, can I give this conversation the optimistic tone for a second? <clears throat> yeah. Um, do we agree that this team hasn't peaked yet? We haven't seen the best of them yet this season. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I think it's exciting to think about when, if we can get Jude, Vinicius, Rodrigo, like all peaking at the same time. If we can get, right now, I think Jude and Fede are, and two of many before he got injured, and a lot of the midfield, I would say, are, are guys that are peaking and playing really well. Um, you haven't seen that from the left back position. Um, Alaba, you haven't seen it from him yet. Vinny Rodrigo, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces yet still to hit for him. Yeah, maybe I'm naive, but I just refuse to believe this is what Vinicius and Rodrigo are. They're just way too talented. Oh yeah, to no, I don't this believe this together. is what they are. Yeah, I'm just worried that like we can't wait another couple months. Yeah, we need it. We need it to get together here soon. Well, the good news is if this team hasn't peaked yet and. We're top of the table. Sorry, we're not. I, I gotta be. I gotta show more respect to Girona, man. Yeah. I, I just keep, even though they're top of the league, I just keep on referring back to Barca Atletico. But I gotta hand it to them. Um, up until now, just given the circumstances of what we thought of the squad heading into the season, knowing that we lost Militao and Courtois, we lost Vinny for a few games. I'm happy with where we are in the league right yeah. now yeah. and in the Champions yeah. League for that matter. And I think it's going to get better. What did you think of that lineup in the second half? I mean, I know you didn't love the subs, but there was a brief period where we had Vinny, Jose Lu, Rodrigo, and Jude all in the field. What did you think of that? Um, I I think we all kind of maybe liked it in theory, especially when Cruz came on and then Kamavingo went to left back and, Unfortunately, that didn't last that long. I think we all liked it in theory. Um, 
but I just don't think this was Jose Lu's game. Like, I don't think, I think this was one of those games where it wasn't going in for him. He was kind of um, getting in the way of things, really. And um, I would have liked to have seen us stay with the same system and maybe put on different different players. Um, and I think when you, like, if Angelotti admitted himself that the team was playing well, when that's the case, I don't think you you kind of go to the break glass and you say, all right, now change everything. Um, because that's going to break up your rhythm. That's going to break up the system. That's going to, it's going to be harder for the team to get going again. Um, and I think we kind of saw that, like, even after the subs, we tried to make a, we tried to make a run for it late, but there really wasn't that many chances. Like we didn't really create that much after those changes. No, we didn't. I mean, there was like a flurry of things happening. I mean, but the big ones were again Modric outside the boot to Vinny, then the Vinny header. Um, and so that was when Modric was still on too. Yeah. Who I thought I thought Modric played well. I thought he had a really good game. Again, like I don't think, like I don't think you're going to get any criticism for anyone in midfield defense. Yeah. It was uh or Jude. I mean Jude some of Jude's dribbling in this game was insane in tight Outrageous, space. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like if he had pulled off the one where he shoots over the bar, yeah. If that had gone in, that would have been one of the, the best goals he scored. And and that one was Zidane esque. Yeah. Like the way he turned and moved his he's got the long link lanky legs, like it that was Zidane esque. The thing with like if he scores things like that, and obviously he scored that crazy goal against Barca, the equalizer. Like, that's what, I mean, that's why you pay those guys the most money. Like, the guys who can just do stuff that no one else can do, That's it's worth yeah. so much. Because yeah. not only if a goal, like, if he had scored that one, for example, it would have also unlocked the game. And you could have, instead of been talking about a no-no, you would could have been talking about a 4-0. All of a sudden, the floodgates open. Vinny has more space. Yeah. Rodrigo's entering in a different game state. You get you an Arda Goulart debut. Yeah, Goulart comes in. Um, I uh, I do want to go back to Fede for a second. Again, apart from that, the quite fr- quite frankly, like that big fifth minute chance, it was a poor finish. But like, I didn't feel like he really knew what he wanted to do. He, he didn't want to place it. Which side yeah. did he want to place it on? It was it was a poor shot. It was great to win the ball, and his pressing was very yeah. good in that. Um. But I thought outside of that, Fede was awesome. And yeah, he was amazing. Like his, he was carrying the ball full sprint and also tracking back full sprint in like the 90th minute, like as if it was the first minute of the game. And um, I just I just really liked Fede's performance in this game. I also really liked our right side in general. Carvajal had another good game too. Carvajal had some really good passes into the box. Interceptions were good. Um, that one through ball he had to Vinny in transition was good, but I was just shocked that um, Andre, the the Romanian right back, yeah. actually beat Vinicius in, the, in a foot yeah. race. I was shocked I to see that. I don't know if um, I, well, I I guess I didn't know anything about this guy. He was making La Liga debut. He was twenty five years old. Yeah, he actually got cooked by Vinny mostly, but that one sequence he did well. I don't know if this is just my observation, but do you feel like Finney maybe is like, I just feel like he hasn't come back quite. And I think it'll work itself out. Um, but since the injury, not quite as 
like explosive. I think he's still as quick, but not as fast. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know. I think it'll eventually work itself out, but I have, I feel like I've noticed that. I don't know if it's just me or um, if it, it just feels like he's not quite like in a full on sprint like that. Not quite as fast as you would be normally accustomed to seeing. Well, I also feel like fatigue has to factor in. Yeah. Man, these trips to Brazil, playing yeah. every game, every second. Rodrigo is yeah. at least a little bit more fresh in that sense. Um, Fran Garcia, a rare start against his old team. Had a lot of touches on the ball. Um, he had the most at halftime, 77 overall. He was subbed off in the 71st minute for Cruz and then Camavinga goes to left back. What did you think of Fran's performance? Um... Still, I feel it still feels like there's so much jitters in his game. And I'm kind of getting like he's got the talent. We know he's got the talent. We've seen him play really well for a club like Rio, but obviously it's a whole different ball game taking that step up to to Real Madrid. Um, and I just like think about that pass he gave away in whatever minute it was early on in the first half. Like he some he has he has those mistakes in him um quite a bit. And I think it's really down to nerves. And I feel like we've seen it before. Like E.R. Mende is always the one I, I think of, of just a player who mentally, he had the talent, but mentally could not handle playing for Real Madrid at all. Um, and I just hope that's not Frank Garcia. Like I hope he can he can work through this and become the player we know he, he can be. Um, but there are definitely kinks to his game. And I think he just feel it just feels like it takes him a second longer to make, make a decision, make the pass. Um, it's just not as fluid as it is with other players. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really like him and I want to see him succeed, but I just haven't been, I haven't been impressed so far. If you're going to start Fran Garcia, it's at a game in a game at home versus Raya Vallecano, a lot of his touches were actually pretty inconsequential. Like, for a player who had so many touches on the ball, there's not many notes that I had on him. Um, I actually feel like he was looked off a few times. Like, he he's making an overload, and Vinny just used him as a decoy and cut inside. I don't know if he has the full trust of his teammates either. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. He did have that one underlapping run that Jude played him that through ball on. Um, right. And I actually, I know he's obviously more comfortable on the left. So he cut left rather than cut toward going towards goal. I think that actually hurt his mm. goal scoring opportunity rather than if he would have gone more centrally with his touch. That was another great Jude moment that he is a yeah, little shoulder yeah, but- drop. Cuts past EC. I don't know why, but EC was like involved in every single play for better or worse. He was just constantly on the screen on a replay, either getting cooked or <laughs> getting fouled, or he was fouling someone. Like he was just such a he had such an eventful game. Remember the one where Vinny flicked it over his head? Yeah. Uh and then fouled him. Well that yeah, and then uh EC won it back and then yeah, oh is that that's what you're talking about? Yeah, and then Vinny fouled him. Yeah. And AC was also involved in that Kamavinga weird exchange where Kamavinga got fouled eight times and then Kamavinga oh, yeah. gets called, called, for, <laughs> gets the called foul. for the foul. I will say Kamavinga had, I think, the most tackles of anyone in this game. And I was just... Was Kamavinga injured when he came off? I didn't see that. 
it wasn't confirmed for sure, but I, I assume it, he was shaken up because he yeah. had a bit of a cut on his head. They patched that up, and then like right before he gets subbed, you could he goes like this. He goes, kind of shakes his head, almost like he 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 wasn't there. Like he, I don't know if it was like concussion or anything as serious as that, but he looked a little bit shaken up. I think he there was no other reason to take him off other than that. Because we know he contributes more offensively than Nacho at left back. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'm looking, again, this is looking back in hindsight. And I think, again, we would have won this game nine times out of ten. But I bet if you start Cruz at the pivot in this type of game, I'm not mm. an like, advocate for it in other types of games, but in this yeah, type of game, and then Kamavinga, Kamavinga at left back, I think we would have won easy. <laughs> um. But I mean, like, honestly, like, what is happening if you can't beat Rayo at home with Fran Garcia yeah. at left back yeah. and come up and, like, yeah. that's enough, way yeah. more than enough talent than you need. Yeah. But yeah. I get what your point point is. Um, Kamavinga did have several really nice slide tackles in this game that, oh, yeah. For, yeah. that for once were not carded for no reason. Um, so I was happy to see that. Um, Rodrigo off the bench. What do you got? Not much. Um, I think he had intent and he wanted to try things, but it just it it wasn't there. Um, I get he almost scored with what was it his first touch where he got slipped inside and he yeah. took it first time. Um, and I feel like we've seen I feel how many times have we seen that this season where like he goes for that back post and it just misses. Um, uh, with the it's right a tight angle right too, angle. always. Yeah, that angle's tough with the right foot. Um. But yeah, that's that's all I really remember from his performance. Um you know in games like this where you don't have much to do defensively, Rudiger was just itching to get involved. <laughs> that shot he'd launched from like 60 yards was crazy. Like it even got blocked. Remember that in the first half? Well, yeah, he yeah, he tried to do it in the first half and then he did it again in the second. Uh and Whatever happened at the end of the game, I felt was completely unnecessary because he misses the Valencia game now with that yellow card he got. And uh, I just felt, I don't know, like my perception of Ruger is like, okay, like if you look at that play, he goes and Lejeune is just kind of standing there minding his own business and Rudiger just kind of throws him to the side, like get out of my way. And then that starts the whole thing. They get in each other's ear. Um, and I guess like, every corner just... kick, they were going at it. Every single corner kick. Yeah. Yeah. We had, there was like a span where we had like six corner kicks. And that's maybe one thing where we can criticize the team is like, if you have that many set pieces in a game, even the one Cruz took late, like that Alaba connected with. Yeah. I like that was too far deep into the box. Like it needed to be. I just thought our set pieces weren't there today. And that's against, again, in, in these types of matches, you're going to be fouled in dangerous positions because you are you have so much of the ball. We have to capitalize on those. The one just before that one, too, Alaba shoots it wide. Um, why? We I've never seen Jude Bellingham take a free kick or a penalty or anything. Is he that bad at it? Like, is he is he worse than any of what's what we're seeing right now? Can he shoot a free kick? Can he shoot a penalty? <laughs> Can we see it? At least so it can yeah. be at least maybe he's terrible. Maybe it's like his one kryptonite. He can't. He like puts it into the sky 
at least let us see it so we can go to go to sleep at night comfortably. Like well, I, yeah. all I'm thinking about is can we let Jude Pellingham, our best player, take a free kick or something? I don't know. <laughs> I have no confidence anytime we have a set piece like that. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Well, penalties, especially now, penalties have been our kryptonite this year. So I yeah. would like to see him take penalties. Just add, keep adding to that goal tally. Give it to the hot hand. The, I mean, that's yeah, that's what you got to do. And he's he's the man in form. So have we have have we ever seen Jude take a penalty like at Dortmund or England? I don't think so. I haven't. I don't know about Dortmund. I don't think any. Not for England. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Jude Bellingham penalty goals. Oh, that link didn't work. Anyways, maybe I'll try to find it. <laughs> um, did we miss anything? Um, let me look at the subs again. No, I think. No, I think that's it. Um. Jude Bellingham has scored two penalties in his career. With who? Both with Dortmund. Hmm. So he took two and scored two? He's only taken two when he scored both of them. Sign me up. <laughs> we got our we got our man. So the point is we don't have a bad track record. Sure. It's not so let's try it out. Um okay. If there's nothing else, Matt, I wanted to give uh, a quick shout out to our patrons. Um, so as you guys know, we do two free shows per week. The rest of them are for our beloved member family. We have well over well over 1,200 members now, part of this ever-growing Real Madrid family. And we want you to be a part of it because you get so much in return. You get a ton of bonus shows. And you get to join weekly live Zoom calls, have conversations, access to mailbag, ask questions for mailbag, get access to private Discord channels that only patrons can access. So quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. If you're a member, you get access to all of our shows and other benefits. If you pledge $10 or more per month, not only do you get access to everything, you also get guaranteed responses to your questions and you get a specific shout out on the podcast. So shout out to these $10 plus members as follows. Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wamik Jamal, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Atiri, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Samuel Justin, Samer Z, Sai Mohan Sasi Kumar, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Pachko Diafati, Oscar Barrera, Nicholas Moller, sorry, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Endaba Halabangana, Naveen Babu Ramush Babu, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lex, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Kevin Rivera, Jose Osorio, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Jacob P., Ian Marley, Howard Moore, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Deadpool Lover, 
Daniel Williams, Connor McMorrow, Christian Top, Christian Acosta, Carlos Fuentes, Brendan Powers, Brandon Steven, Stevens, Arnav Mukherjee, Armash, Armand Gashi, Armando L., Anthony Tharp, Andres Silvestre, Ananya Kumar, Alexandria McCaskill, Alex Cyberg, Azaz Hussein, Adar Zalikovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Ramtin Magrur, Primo, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. Thank you guys so much. We've also now opened up YouTube memberships. So if you can't access Patreon in your country, you can still get the same content and rewards by clicking the membership tab on YouTube. Uh, Matt, I did want to tell you that I did finish the Beckham doc finally. Oh. So we got to figure out when to talk about that. Maybe next yeah, international yeah. break, we'll, uh, we'll finish the Beckham doc series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, everyone. Matt, thanks for your time. And thanks, we'll chat soon. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.